Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where we make getting sleep help easy. And sometimes when you are in the trenches of working on sleep, you kind of feel like you're going crazy. Am I right? Have you been there when you have been working on your child's sleep and you're thinking like something isn't right? And maybe everybody around you is like, oh my gosh, just chill out, ignore it, move on, you're fine. But there are many times where you recognize that something is going on and advocating for your child is so important. That's why I have invited Sarah Leach, the lead sleep consultant here at Little Z's, to talk to us about her child and her child's sleep troubles and how she advocated for help and for answers. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen in to this conversation. But before we do, guys, this whole podcast is focused on older toddlers and preschoolers. So to go along with this episode, I have a free download for you. I want you to grab our free bedtime routine chart. This is a brand new download that's completely free for you. We actually invited one of our Little Z's graduate families, who is an illustrator, Libby Burns. She created this adorable bedtime routine chart that you can use with your child to walk through the entire journey of a bedtime routine and check it off and have some fun with rewards and stickers. So grab that in the show notes or grab it on our website. Head to littlezsleep.com slash bedtime dash checklist. And you can start on this tonight. Now, before Sarah's interview plays, I want to tell you that Sarah is part of our team. She's been working with us for two and a half years, I believe, and she works a lot with our older kiddos, our toddlers and our preschoolers, as well as our, our babies. But Sarah is so gifted at talking with the families to problem solve their sleep. Sarah's role is to do two things within our support system. One, she chats daily with parents who are in our baby and our toddler program. We have packages where you can have the basic core program, the baby or the toddler sleep training course, and you can add on chat support. This is an in-app messaging that we have with our programs. So it's like text messaging. You can message Sarah and let them know, hey, this is what's going on. What do I do? They just um, didn't fall asleep for their nap or we got home late. Like, what do I do? And our team will chat back with you over your entire two or three week program, depending on your child's age and the length of the program. So Sarah is within our chat every single day, talking with families, as well as speaking on the phone. We offer 30 minute consults for our families who are in our programs. So Sarah is problem solving every single day. She is such a joy to talk with. I think you're going to kind of pick that up from our conversation. She literally never stops smiling. So I am thrilled to invite her onto the podcast to talk about her son, John, and the mystery of his exhaustion, but he's sleeping the max every single night and every single day, but was struggling. So here is our conversation with Sarah, and I truly hope that even if this reaches one person who is experiencing something like Sarah's family, that it was a huge help. Hey guys, I'm so happy to have Sarah Leach on the podcast with us. Sarah is one of our lead sleep consultants at Little Z. She talks to a lot of people every single day, every single <laughs> week. Um, and today we're going to talk about her family and her child's sleep. So yay. I'm so glad you're here, Sarah. 
Yeah, I'm so excited. I love, okay, I love working for Becca, but being on the podcast is so special. I think I've done one other one with you. And it, I remember after having John, when I would go to the gym, the gym was like my time to walk on the treadmill and I would just binge little Z's podcasts. Like I would binge them and I could hear my youngest son who had like severe attachment to me and could not break away. And he'd be like crying in the kids club. I'd put my headphones in and just pretend like, oh man, whose kids are those? I I don't know if anyone else does, does that, but yeah, I would just binge and like soak up all the podcast information and try to prepare for whatever stage was next with like John or Kenny's sleep. Um, so it's so special to be on the podcast with you. It's so much fun. Yay. Well, you know, I, I asked you to come cause we need to talk about John's sleep. Um, you know, one of my favorite things to say is that parents, there's no unicorn. Like there's not, there is no one magical thing. It's like, wow, your child just cannot, it's just incapable. They will never sleep. Like that's not a thing. But it doesn't mean that things are always like rosy, cheery, super easy. Follow these steps, bing, bang, boom. Your kid is sleeping great. Sometimes you have to go through and figure out like why things aren't happening. What are some problem solving things we can do? And so, um, Sarah, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about this, but could you maybe open up and tell us about John and just kind of give us like the, the signs that you were like, something's not right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. When John was I would say as far back as when he was two, he was my first son. I have two sons. Um, so he was my, he's my oldest. And even when he was two, we started noticing things about his behavior where he just seemed lethargic during the day. He seemed exhausted, tired. Um, he would do things like wake up in the morning after he just slept 12 hours. You know, he's about 11 and a half to 12 hour sleeper. And he would sleep all night long, you know, he is well-trained. So we do not go into his room. It's very, very rare that he has an interruption in his sleep. So he was getting this great sleep every day and taking great naps. And he seemed exhausted the minute he woke up after 12 hours of sleep. And we could go to the park in the morning and he'd kind of fall on the ground or sit on the bench and not want to walk around and run around. And we started going, okay, that's a little strange. All these other kids seem to be ping-ponging off the walls. And our kid is like, He's a very reserved kid and likes to watch before he does something. But when he started speaking around when he was three, three and a half, he started telling us things like, I feel like I'm out of gas. I'm out of gas. And we would joke around and try to fill up his gas tank and say, go, 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 you know, but he was tired. And so we, um, you know, the sleep consultant in me, I, you know, went to you and I was like, what can we dig into here? Like he's sleeping perfectly. Um, I know he's not a unicorn. I know there's something that we can find here to help him. And as a parent too, you know, you go through that process of thinking, well, is this just attention getting, is this a behavior problem that we're, um, you know, at the end of our park play date and we don't want to get up and walk to the car. We want to be carried when we're three or four years old, or we, you know, we're falling down saying we're too tired. We're empty out of gas it seemed like we were stuck in this place where we didn't know whether to discipline him for that. And then I finally thought I have to get to the root of this because before I tell him, get up on the two legs, God gave you and walk to the car. So before I do that, I have to know, is there something going on with him 
where he really feels like he cannot get up and, and get to the car. Um, so, so yeah, those were some of the things we were saying that were just odd. We talked to our pediatrician and he agreed like, yeah, that's pretty off for a two a three, four year old just kind of went on from two to four years old. Um, yeah. So those were some of our little inclination signs that gave us inclination that something was off. Yeah. And that's not, like you said, like you even talking to me about that, I was like, that's not normal. Like it's not right for a two to four year old boy to like be falling over at the playground being like, my legs are tired. I'm done. Like after not a whole lot of like energy exertion. Um, Yeah. We weren't requiring a ton of him. I mean, it would be eight in the morning. So he'd have been up for an hour and we'd say like, we're going to go do this. And he'd say, I'm so tired. So, so yeah, we definitely knew it was, it was not normal. Yeah. So, okay. What was the first step to figure out, like, how do we get to the root of this issue? How did you advocate for him? What was the first step? The, well, the first thing we did, and this was kind of through talking to you and just everything that you've taught me about sleep. I was like, well, maybe he needs a little more sleep than other kids. Some kids, 11 to 12 hours is like what we're really shooting for, but some kids do a little less and some kids need a little more. So the first thing we did was super simple. We just started putting him to bed at 6.30 or 6.45 instead of seven. We were like, okay, as much sleep as we can get him. Um, Cause at this stage he was, you know, only napping once a day. It was a great nap. Um, so we thought, well, we can get him more sleep on the earlier part of bedtime. So we put him to bed early. But the next thing we did was we took him to our ENT. Um, and that was, we, I kind of did some digging even in the Sleep Society, watched our video that we have in there on, you know, mouth breathing and snoring and sleep disorders, because we knew that mouth breathing was a big thing for him. I mean, from when he was a baby, he was a mouth, he was a mouth breather the whole time. Um, he always had the like dry chapped lips and, you know, we had the cool mist humidifiers going in the winter because he just, we knew he was, his mouth was wide open. So yeah, after chatting with you and our pediatrician, we were like, let's go get his adenoids checked out. Maybe there's something simple that's kind of blocking his airway here and causing him to sleep with his mouth open, which is not normal. Um, so we went and we got the adenoids checked out. They did like the little camera down his nose and they'll just sometimes, I guess they'll take a, an x-ray so they can just look at the picture. And that was not his issue. <laughs> which I was kind of hoping it was like, this is a simple fix. We can remove them. Um, or I think you even did something with one of the girls for yeah. their adults, right? Yeah. Ellie, we had an x-ray done and they were slightly enlarged and, um, we, she ended up taking, uh, medicine to like shrink them down, but you can have medicine. They can even be, this is weird, but they can be shaved down. Um, or you can remove them, but they all, they can also grow back. So adenoids can like grow. Whereas tonsils don't grow, but, um, or like, they're not going to regrow kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we were kind of hoping that was a simple fix, but it was not. And so the next step was we, um, we went to get a sleep study and that was hard. That was really hard for us. I thought it was going to be super easy because, John's a great sleeper and he is very well-trained. We worked on that through sleep training. I mean, he's got his toddler clock. He's got all the things, but sleeping in a hospital room was totally freaky for him. And you guys were like, so cute because you were like telling our, you know, we have the whole chat thread with our whole team and you're like, okay, it's tonight. And you, you know, um, got them all hooked up and, you know, he looked, um, you know, he probably thought 
he looked like an alien. It was funny. He looked first, like right? an alien. Yes. Oh yeah. And you sent us a picture of like you get him giving a thumbs up and like, yeah, we can do this. And then, you know, you message like, all right, he's asleep. And then dot, dot, dot. Oh yeah. He went straight to sleep. They were so impressed. And I was like, yep, he's got his routine. We did the mini bedtime routine at the hospital and he was excited. Like he was having a sleepover. We brought the iPad, the iPad distracted him while he got all those little wires glued to his head. Um, but yeah, he went straight to sleep. I was like, this is great. I laid down to go to sleep and he slept for about an hour and a half. And then he moved and and knocked one of those wires off. The uh, doctor came in to readjust it. And from that time on, he was like awake and it was like back to newborn days when he just wanted to talk to me all night long. He was, you know, wired, like, um, wide awake. So I was the whole time thinking, are they going to even get anything out of this? But I guess really all they need is just about an hour because they are monitoring him for how many times his brain wakes his body up or his breathing pauses in an hour. And I guess if your brain wakes your body up two times in one hour, it's considered mild sleep apnea and his brain woke himself up one and a half times, which I'll have to ask some sleep scientists how he woke up half a time, (laughs) but, um, yeah, so he was, they said he has very, very mild sleep apnea and it was associated with him mouth breathing and his brain telling his body to wake up. Um, and so he was never, because, quite, and I'll, I'll pause yeah. right there though. I'm going to pause right there because you've, we've talked about mouth breathing is not good. And what you said, it's like, oh yeah, that's not good. Your brain's alerting you. Someone may be like, but why, why is that not good? And it's because right. if you're a mouth breather, you're not getting proper oxygen. And so your brain is literally alerting your body. Like you better wake up and breathe or you will die. Like that is truly yeah. what is going on. So it's when you think of it like that, that's why like when, um, the grandfather like sleeping, you know, in the chair on the cartoon and like wakes himself up. Cause he like <sighs> snores and like wakes himself up. And it's like, ah, ha ha. Grandpa fell asleep in the chair. It's like, actually, no, <laughs> that's really right. dangerous. His body's alerting him that like, you're going to die. If you don't breathe, you better wake up. Cause they're not breathing properly. So that's so fascinating that that's what was going on with, with John. Yeah. And, and I guess he's not getting into those deeper sleep cycles sometimes, you know, if he's constantly waking up like that. So, so that was a thing. And then we were kind of like, well, what do we do about that? And so to treat the root of the issue is sometimes, you know, there are more severe things you can do when you have more severe forms of sleep apnea, but this was so mild. So we wanted to treat the root cause of his waking up, which was the mouth breathing. Why is, why can the child not breathe through his nose? And it wasn't adenoids. So we went the route of allergies and we had his allergies. How did you think about that though? I have terrible allergies. And when I was younger, I mean, I remember being in elementary school and thinking, oh, please don't call on me to read out loud in class because I was so stuffed up all the time (laughs) and I sounded so funny. So I did allergy shots when I was a kid. My husband did allergy shots when he was a kid because we're just allergic to everything in the outdoors, all animals and molds, dust, everything. So we took him to get allergy tested. He had kind of been on the Zyrtex and Allegra's since he was like two years old to treat his seasonal allergies. And, um, sure enough, John was allergic to everything and a 10 out of 10 allergic to dogs, which we have one of who sheds a lot. 
And so they were, you know, they were like, well, you can get rid of your dog or you can, you know, treat this. We can do immunizations. And so it feels so young to start allergy shots at four years old, but we want him to be able to have a dog. We want him to be able to breathe. Um, so we, yeah, we deep dived into the world of allergy shots and, I will say that has made a huge difference like that. It's night and day, John, within a couple of months of the shots, we are seeing a huge amount of progress and he has so much more energy. Um, I think I told you the other day, like, I think he might need a later bedtime, (laughs) which is so huge for him because we were always like early as early as possible, as much sleep as we can get him. Um, And now he's kind of, going in there and getting to do some quiet reading time before his light turns red for bed. And, um, so it's amazing to see how different he is and feels during the day. Oh my gosh. I know that you guys are thrilled that you've like started to solve this problem for him. And you and I talked before we got on here about, um, tongue ties and snoring and all those, cause we're going through the tongue tie things with our oldest daughter, which we'll talk about that later. Once we've got, got it resolved and I can like confidently talk about it, but, yeah. um, you know, it is wild to me. I am so thankful. We live in a time where we can get answers, we can get help, but that there's things that can really help. So, um, having been around John in October where he just like crashed and it was like, totally oh. crashed. like that's not normal. Oh yeah. It's um, super fun when you go visit your sleep consultant boss and your child just goes to sleep in the church service. I was like, you don't even nap anymore. Wake up. <laughs> no way. Oh, we had a fun weekend. He was just, was he fun. was exhausted. Um, <laughs> But it's like, you know, having that resolution, I'm sure you didn't even realize how much thought you were putting into his exhaustion every day. Like, I'm sure you like subconsciously were like thinking about like, well, we could go here, but he's tired and we'll have to do this, blah, 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 like accommodating for him. Accommodating and disciplining because especially when you're just a parent and you're go, go, go all day long and your child's laying on the floor, you cut your tendency is to say like, get up, let's go. Like we've got to do this and, and get his butt moving. And so it's hard to stop and think, okay, wait, is there a deeper reason? Is there something we can do about this other than just all the behavioral things we're looking into, like to try to prevent these reactions? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I, at times I will say, I felt a little crazy. I was like, you know, um, family members and friends would say, he is a great sleeper. Why are you spending all this time trying to figure this out? And I talked people's ears off about it because it was what our family was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it seems, it seemed like, oh, are we going too far with this? Like the sleep study, this seems so, um, official, like we're taking him to the hospital and he is a perfect sleeper. So, I will just say to all the parents out there, don't feel crazy when you're advocating for your kid and you know that there could be something wrong. There are boxes in your head that you want to check off and don't feel nuts for trying to check those off because sometimes there is a, a deeper issue or a root cause. And sometimes there's not. We kept telling ourselves if we, you know, go through all these steps and there's nothing wrong, then we will know that we need to have some new routines in the house to prevent these behaviors. But if we find something and there's something we can help him with, you know, to improve his quality of life, that's what we wanted to do. Um, 
And I'll, I'll add, there was, there was one other piece of the puzzle, which was his iron, because he kind of acted, you know, with being so lethargic, um, he acted a little bit like someone who might be anemic. So I really wanted to look into that. And we did a general blood test and everything came back fine. Um, but when we went to do the sleep study, they will test for ferritin levels which is a different way that iron is stored in your blood and it doesn't show up on a normal blood test. And so it's um, blood protein that contains iron in your body as is ferritin. And so his ferritin levels were extremely low. Um, so not his normal iron, but just his ferritin. And so he also started an iron supplement after we did the sleep study. And I think that has helped a lot too. Um, so the combination of the, the iron supplement and allergy shots. Um, but yeah, he is like a different kid. Wow. I'm so thrilled to hear that. And I think I love this message of like advocating for your child because you do know them best, right? Like you do know when you have that angst of like something's not quite right. And I'm so glad that you guys were able to figure that out and, and then share it here because I guarantee you that someone, even if this podcast like resonates with just one other person, it's worth it. And I'm thankful for that. Um, I know that this is, um, something that is very niche in this, but I think it's important Mm -hmm. to share. Yeah, it's definitely, I feel like very, very unique. Um, you know, I feel like there are so many other things we did sleep wise, um, you know, to try to fix these issues before we got into all these other things. Um, but the truth is if we had gone with like the mouth breathing situation in the beginning, um, I think we would have gotten to our, our solution much faster because it was, that was really the root issue for him, um, was mouth breathing. So Yeah, man, there is a reason why on our phone calls, on our forms, when you talk to Sarah, it says, (laughs) you mouth breathe or snore? Because we need to know that if we're getting on the phone with a toddler or preschool, like we got to know if there's mouth breathing or snoring going on because there's so much more we need to talk about and look at. So, yes, yeah, I'm so empathetic towards those parents that that have the same same issue, mouth breathing or snoring with their children. So I'm like, I know that struggle. It's a hard one, but there are things you can do, which is great. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing your story and we've got much more to talk about. So we'll have you on soon again and chat more. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you, Sarah, for sharing your story. And again, if you have a toddler or a preschooler who maybe they are not struggling with this and you just need a little bit of structure in their bedtime, don't forget to grab that free bedtime checklist check the links below in the show notes or head to littlezsleep.com slash bedtime dash checklist. I am thrilled that Sarah was able to be here with us today and share this important message. And I look forward to having her on again soon. We have so much to talk about. Sweet dreams. See you next time.